Hello and welcome to the European Hoops podcast. We are a Sports Eaters presentation and we bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. Every Monday and Wednesday, we recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. My name is André and these are my co-hosts, Tiago Cordeiro and Diogo Valente. How are you guys doing? Hi guys, I'm Diogo. Welcome to another episode. Hello guys. How are you doing? Let's talk about the thing that we like the most. Duke, are you fully recovered? Let our listeners know why we didn't have the pleasure of your company in our last episode. Uh, I'm getting there, Andre. Um, I had some bad times uh, due to some health issues, but uh, I'm getting better now and I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, we can still tell on your voice. Thank you for your <laughs> effort and, and being here. Let's uh, start by talking about the news surrounding the, um, the competition. And after a week off for the teams to dispute their domestic uh, league cups, we are back with an important round 25 of the EuroLeague. We will start by covering all the top news that came out recently. We will preview all the nine, nine games of round 25. And we will end this episode by discussing this season MVP race. We have to start with Paratinaikos that uh, just today came out the report that they are ready to part ways with their head coach. The top name to get the job is Gianmarco Pozeco. What do you guys make of Radon tenure with the team and how do you see Pozeco fitting into the Paratinaikos team? Uh, in my opinion, I think that um, his tenure with the team, uh, I'm not ready to call it a disappointment because I don't think Uh, a lot of people were expecting big things from this Panathinaikos roster, but uh, but I think it was a a big letdown because Panathinaikos has always been a historic team in Euroleague, and the fact that they're not even able to compete at a high level uh, it's worrisome a little bit. But I think Pozeco can be a, a better coach for this group. I love how he interacts with his players, um, especially looking at what he did with the Italian national team. I just love his energy, and I think in a club like Panathinaikos with the, those fans, I think that energy can be contagious. So I think it will be good for them. Tiago, what do you think? They started really bad uh, the, about the players that they brought because they they only brought talent. They didn't brought good players to to fit. And yeah, in my opinion, his tenure uh, in Panathinaikos were was a big disappointment in my opinion. But uh, you will say that. Uh... It's most of the blame is on him or it's a shared blame between him and who built the team and who selected the players? I think it, it goes in both ways. Yeah, it's about him and about the general manager. I think that it's his job to, to bring the best players. Gianmarco Poseco can be the heart and the soul of a team and Panathinaiko needs that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see if they can brought him to, to be the, the head coach of this team. Yeah, it's not confirmed yet, but uh, having his energy in the EuroLeague will for sure be a big plus for for Paratinakos and for for the for the EuroLeague itself. It will be fun, but he's also very a highly competitive and a very good head coach that can add and bring some uh, new things for this Paratinaikos team. We also had some scares and some bad news from the National Cups. Milano lost another player to injury and Davante Hall will be missing the next four weeks. Real Madrid has a scare with Sergio Llull, but uh, it doesn't seem to be too serious. I don't know if the player, we don't know yet if the player will be playing this week, but uh, he should be 
able to return to competition soon. Other relatively important news that uh, broke was that Utah Jazz and Le- Le- Leandro Balmaro are parting wise, and the goal seems to be for the player to continue his career in Europe. What do you guys think of Balmaro as a player, and where will you guys see him landing? I think Balmaro is still a, still a young player. Yeah, I think he still has a lot of time to, to develop his game and to grow into a, a high contributor in EuroLeague. Uh, I would like to see him on a team like Bayern Munich because he would have space to grow. He would have a, a good coach to help him. And I think if he if he's able to get his shot, his outside shot to be a, a little bit more consistent, uh, I think he can grow into a very good EuroLeague player. Leandro Balmar is a He's a good player who can play in fast transitions. Uh, in the G League, he was a good spot-up shooter and a nice playmaker too. I would like to see him on Real Madrid because they're lacking a point guard. Uh, but I would love to see him playing in Zalgiris. It might be a good fit for him. I, ca- I can see him playing in Bayern too. Uh, but I would like I would prefer to him to play in Zalgiris because he provides what they're needing and adds some quality. They're needing to. It's it's always uh, an interesting debate between uh, the player going into a place where he can develop more, being in a more highly competitive environment like Real. I, I also like the idea of Real Madrid, and I think he could give them some of what what they need, even if in a, in a small role. But uh, picturing him as being a glue piece for a team like like Bayern or Zalgiris, where he he will be able to expand and develop himself as a player, won't have as much pressure for his individual future. I think that that could be a better fit and I can I can also see that uh, that being a good outcome for him regardless he's a very talented player and uh, he will be a good addition for the EuroLeague if he comes this year or, or for next season but while we wait for more developments on the Balmaro front and we wait to, to get confirmation of who the new head coach of Paratinaikos will be let's start previewing all the round 25 games we will start in Tel Aviv with, with the first game of the round the 10th Maccabi will be facing the 14th Bayern Last time these two teams faced each other, Bayern won 98-89. Defense is the weakness of this Maccabi team, but this is a must-win game for uh, Maccabi in order to be able to stay in the playoff hunt. Playing at home and wanting to bounce back from uh, home loss on the last round, I favor them to do that and to get this win. Do you agree, Tiag? What do you expect from this game? I'm expecting Maccabi to win this one. They're the best home team in EuroLeague. Playing at home will be a, a difficult game, but I think that Maccabi will win. It won't be easy for them because Bayern's is well coached. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't see Bayern winning this one. They're liking some some pieces. They're dealing with some injuries. So I think Maccabi will win. I think that will be a good matchup between Nick Valerbeb and Lorenzo Brown if he plays. Because uh, Nick is such a good defender. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I also picked Maccabi to win this one. Uh, I think it's a very important game uh, for them due to the standing situation. And I, I think that the, they can't blow this game at home, considering that they are the favorites. And I, I do think they are the better team. So I'm expecting the, a Maccabi win. And I I agree in part with Thiago here, because the matchup I'm looking for the most is Nick Valerbeb, but with Wade Baldwin. Because we, we're still not sure about Lorenzo Brown's status, I think Wade Baldwin is going to continue to lead that team and to, to have most of the, the expenses on offense. So I think that's going to be a very inter- interesting matchup and, and I think Maccabi is going to come out with the win. Yeah, Lorenzo is very likely to play on this game already, but uh, regardless, 
do you guys think that Wilder Bab will be able to to slow down one of those two guards? I think he can do a good job. Uh, he's obviously not going to stop them because they're both great players. But I think I think Nick Valerab is also a great player in this Euro League. So I think either matchup can be very good. This is clearly a, a must-win game from Maccabi for their playoff aspirations. And also they are favorites, so they cannot give away a game like this one. The next game on the docket is a game between two teams that I have high expectations to watch the rest of the season. Milan will receive Paratinaikos. These teams are unlikely to be in the playoff hunt, being 15 and 16 in the standings. But I expect this to be a very competitive and interesting game to watch. I'm curious to see if Milano, that is the worst offense in the competition with only 71.6 points scored per game, will be able to keep up with their improved offensive pace from the last games. And on the other hand, if one of the worst defensive teams of the competition, Paratinakos will be able to step it up and compete on this game. How do you see and how do you expect this game to one roll, Tiago? I'm looking forward to see this game. I think there will, will be a matchup uh, to keep an eye. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see if Milan can uh, keep up their good momentum. It will be a fun game for us because we discussed this in the, the previous episode about the power rankings. Uh, I think that Milan will be better uh, than Panathinaikos. So yeah, at Milan playing at home, I think they will get this this win. About the matchup that I'm, that I'm more curious will be the TLC versus Bacon. will be a matchup to watch because they're two athletic wings and will be fun to see them going back and forth. If we have waited one round, certainly whoever gets this win will get the, the top spot on our power rankings. Yeah. We just couldn't <laughs> wait. <laughs> and I'm curious to see this uh, in this game too, Voitman. Uh, I think that uh, he has a lot of space and a lot of room to, to operate because Panathinaikos is lacking a guy who can defend him. I know they have Papa Giannis, but... I think Voitman has the upper hand on this one. Do you think that the Milan force will be able to match up with the the Paratinaikos force and the, their mobility? A guy like Brandon Davis can stop them. Brandon Davis is playing real good. They have Kyle Hines too, an experienced player. So yeah, I think they can stop them. They they can contain them. I agree with Thiago. I think Milan will get the win. Uh, Standings-wise, it, it's not a, a very relevant game because both of these teams are kind of out of the race by now. But I think this could be a, a good, exciting game for us to watch. Um, Milano, with uh, with Napier's addiction, ha- has become a, a more enjoyable team to watch, let's say like that. Uh, and Panathinaikos, it's not a great team, especially on the road. But I think this can be an interesting game to watch. Uh, I could go with Bacon versus TLC, like Thiago said. But I think I'm going to go with the guard play uh, and pick Napier versus Paris Lee and see who, who who gets the best of each other in this in this point guard matchup. I think Paris Lee now with Matt Thomas to spread the floor. I think it's a good addition for them. Uh, but yeah, I think Milan is going to get the win. Let's continue and let's move on to, to Madrid where Real will receive Zalgiris. We should see Isaiah Tyler back to this game, helping the visiting team and addressing the playmaking need that they are having on their recent games. Real will want to hold on to the fight for the top spot of the competition, while Zalgiris will try to continue to pursue the playoffs. In Kaunas, Zalgiris got the win, 81-72. This is a very good chance for Real to get their revenge. Tiago, what difficulties do you think that they might encounter in this game? The key for this game uh, is Isaiah Taylor. If he can play and if he can draw some falls on the uh, Real Madrid bigs, they might have a chance. If not, uh, I'm, 
I can see Walter uh, dominating this one. Diogo, what's your thoughts about this game? Yeah, I think Real, Real Madrid is going to win this one. Uh, I'm not going to say easily, but I think it's going to be a, a comfortable win. Um, I think this gives Real a chance, like you said, Andre, to, to stay in the hunt for the number one seed and to solidify themselves as a main contender. Uh, on the Zalgiri side, though, this can be a dangerous game because if they don't get the win, uh, you, you have other teams like Maccabi and Efes that can come closer to them and that can and that could hurt them for the playoffs. But I'm going to go with Real Madrid and I, I can't wait to watch Musa versus either Ulanovas or Brizdekis. I think both of them could be great matchups for him. I have this game as one of the most watched games for this this round. What do you guys think that Zalgiris will need to do in order to to get this win? Like we have spoken many times on this podcast that uh, Real Madrid has the best wings in the competition. One of Zalgiris' strengths are their wings in Ulanovas, Braziekis, as we spoke. This is a game where Real Madrid should have an advantage. They are playing on their home court. This is an important win for them. They have the superior team. What would it take for Zalgiris to, to get this victory? Uh, I think they're going to have to do a, a very good job uh, guarding the three because Real Madrid has struggled uh, a lot from three-point these last these past few games. And I think if Zalgiris can guard the three and be efficient on that end uh, offensively, uh, I think they can compete. But mostly, I think they're going to have to be creative in terms of driving and drawing fouls to get Walter Tavares off the game and maybe compete for to, to steal this win. I think they have a shot, but I wouldn't bet on it. So a mix of what they were able to do against Basconi defensively and some of what we saw Monaco doing offensively against Real Madrid when the teams played last time. Yeah. We proceed to one of the most watched games of this round. Partizan and Fenerbahce will fetch each other in Belgrade. The sixth receives the fifth. The 9-2 Partizan welcomes the 4-7 Fenerbahce in the last 11 rounds. Last time these two teams played against each other, Partizan got an impressive 72-72 road win. The state seems to be set for a statement game to one of the sides. I'll enter the Federbache side on this game and I see the this break as being important for them to oil some of the cogs on their machine and be able to perform and break out of this this losing run that they are on. A loss for Fenerbahce puts them in danger of having of losing the home court advantage on the first round of the playoffs and for Partizan a win will be a massive step into claiming their position into the playoffs. Tiag, do you see Partizan building up their momentum or do you think that Fenerbahce will st snap out of this bad run they are on? I have to disagree with you. I think Partizan will will come out with the, the W on this one. Um, this will, in my opinion, is this the must watch of the of this round. I'm looking forward to see a matchup between Lasort and Motley. I think they're two similar players. Uh, Motley tends to have issues against bigger centers and uh, physical centers, and this will be an interest, interesting one because they they kind of have the same frame. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see this matchup, and I think that uh, Partizan will come out. With the you, with the win, tell me. Do you think that one of them will be dominating that matchup, or it will be split between both of them? But it will be well. split. It will be split, in my opinion. And in the partisan side, uh, I'm looking forward to to see uh, Dante Exum playing. He's playing such an uh, confidence in in playing high uh, level basketball. So I think that they he will be the difference maker on this one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to disagree with you, Thiago. Uh, I'm going to go with Fenerbahce winning this game. Uh, not only because they lost uh, in the first time uh, at home, but because they need to snap out of this bad momentum 
and and they got to stop partisan momentum as well. Otherwise, the if if Fenerbahce doesn't win this game, they give partisan a chance to to pass them in standings because with one less game they could still lose and and they can be in trouble. So I think Fenerbahce is going to have to win this game. And I think Kitudi is going to have that team ready to play and ready to win. And the matchup I can't wa- I can't wait to see is Punter versus Wilbekin. I think these are two, two of the best scorers in Euroleague, and I think they're going to put the, put on a show in this game. Not only the there is a chance of Partizan catching up to to Fenerbahce in the standings, they will also have the advantage on the head to head. Having won the last matchup and with another win, they will be they will sweep the series between these two teams during the the regular season. It's for sure a must watch game, and it will be a very interesting one to follow. Let's move on to Friday, and Friday we'll start with Red Star receiving Alba. This is the home team last game before they are able to register Campazzo in the Euro League. This is a must win game for them, and they can't afford to lose this one. I expect them to be well prepared and motivated to get the, this win at home. Tiago. What matchup or individual player performance you will be tracking on this game? You already know the answer, Andre. I'm looking forward <laughs> to see, <laughs> I'm looking forward to see Petrozev against my guy Luke Sigma. I think it's a must win for Cervenas Vesa. They're having a good momentum if we can say it like that. They they won the their their national cup against Partizan. So they're playing with with uh, high confidence. And yeah, playing at home against uh, Albert Berlin might be a an easy win for them. Yeah, I, I expect the same. And uh, this is a game that maybe in basketball terms won't be that interesting, but uh, I'm sure that Tiago will be very focused on it and watching Proceed, Petrosev, all, all of his favorite players in, in the same game. It will be an exciting one for him, for sure. Diogo, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I agree. This should be an easy win for Red Star. But I think the ma- I disagree with Tiago on the matchup, though, because... What I want to see is Luca Vildoza against Jalen Smith because I think Luca Vildoza is going to have to, to lead them uh, to win this game at home. I think he's going to feed off of that crowd. They're going to try to play fast and, and outscore Alba. But I think on the other side, Jalen Smith had a, a very good semifinal on the German Cup against Bayern Munich where he scored 30. So I think this is going to be a, a very interesting matchup between these two guards. And I'm looking forward to watch it. But I think it's going to be an easy win for Red Star. It's not EuroLeague, but it's between two EuroLeague teams. The The game between Red Star and Partizan was highly emotive and with a lot of things happening there during the whole game. But I think the, the big highlight, basketball-wise, is how well the Red Star team plays with Campazzo and uh, how well they are able to perform having him on the floor. And I think they will manage to find a way to still be in the fight until the end to the playoffs. And they will be one other very competitive team. The, this year, EuroLeague season is, is, is crazy with almost all the teams being able to, to compete and fight for, for any game. For sure, another reason to tune in and to, to watch EuroLeague. The next game, we will have Aswell receiving effort. As we have documented very well on this podcast, FS needs to win in order to, to make it to the playoffs and to, to keep fighting for their third consecutive title of the year. Like the home team is a defense-first team, while FS has been an offense-first team this season. This is a game that the visitors should win. Do you think that Asphalt will be able to put a fight against FS, Tiago? If they can slow uh, FS pace... I think that this game will be a good one, and I think that 
they might have a chance. If they can slow uh, F's pace, I think the F's will dominate this one. Looking forward to seeing Nando De Colo against Misic. F's is the favorite on this one. Diogo, what's your thoughts about this game and who you're picking? Yeah, I agree that FS has to win this game. I don't think they have a chance at losing here because their playoff hunt is becoming really difficult for them. They are now at 11th place with 11 wins and 12 losses. So they got to start winning. And considering that Ajvel is not really playing for much at this point of the season, they, they, can't, they can't lose this game. So like Thiago talked about, their pace, uh, I think FS usually does a very good job at slowing their, themselves down. So I, they they can't do that now. The, they got to start winning. They got to start picking at the right spots here because the playoffs are coming and they got to be ready to, to get in. I know you're still recovering and you're sick, so you need to contain your emotions. But how hard was it for you to hear Tiago saying the words slowing down even more the pace of effort? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough because usually... They do a great job at slowing themselves down and playing in the half court when they have all their firepower where they could just run and and kill teams. But hey, it's their <laughs> choice. They choose to do it. I just hope that's, that changes now. Yeah, we just want to see FS performing at their highest level because they are a great basketball team and we love basketball in this podcast. So that's all we wish for. Let's continue. And in Bologna, Virtus will be welcoming Basconia. Virtus is 12th in the standings, trailing two games behind the playoffs. Basconia, after a hot start in the season, they are now in seven, tied with four other teams in for sixth place. Virtus still has playoff ambitions, and this is the perfect game for them to continue that claim. While Basconia comes off a loss in Kaunas and lost six out of their last eight games. On the last game, we saw Zalgiris being able to contain Basconia transition game. Tiag, do you think that's something that Virtus can replicate on this game? I can see Virtus trying to do that, but I don't think they have a chance doing that. The, in the previous episode that we, we had, we talked about uh, Virtus athleticism and they can, they can do that uh, for all game. So, uh, I can see them doing it in the first half, but in the second half, the, they, they're running out some energy. I think in this game, Basconia will be the better team and I think they, they, they will, come out with uh, the win. And I'm looking forward to see Marcus Howard dominating this one. I think that Virtus don't have a match for him. Leaning Basconia here too, because I don't see Virtus having the offensive firepower to match up with them. And especially with the with the with all the threes that they shoot. So I think Basconia is going gonna, is gonna to be able to outscore Virtus. But I think it's going to be a, a close game that could fall for either side. Uh, I'm going to stay away from the the guard play here in terms of the matchup I want to see because Virtus is uh, uh, Virtus has Milos Teodosic and uh, I don't think I'm capable of going against him ever. So <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Shengele and Matt Costello. I think that that can be a, a very interesting matchup because they are two they are two intelligent guys who play at the four mostly, but I think it's going to be a very good game and I just think Basconia has the more talent and offensively, I think 
Virtus can keep up with them. Yeah, that will be a very interesting matchup to to watch between those two fours. You really are sick. You are going away from uh, guard play. That's a sentence I never <laughs> expect to hear you saying on this podcast. But I personally don't trust enough uh, Basconia defense to for them to be consistent. If they can step up their defense, they can compete with any team offensively, as we know very well at this point. I just think that uh, without having that consistency, they will allow Virtus to be in the game in a shootout. It it can fall to, to either side and uh, I think this game might end up being competitive with Virtus really needing this win to keep alive their playoff aspirations. But let's move on to Valencia where the home team will receive the, the team that is playing the best basketball in the EuroLeague, Olympiacos. On the last round, Valencia won in Athens with a Chris Jones buzzer beating shots. That win got them to the 8th place. Olympiacos won their last 6 games. The team has an impressive plus 14.2 net rating. They rank 1st in point scores and 1st in less points allowed. There isn't nothing short of impressive in the way that Olympiacos is playing. Tiago, do you see Valencia being able to sustain their luck against Greek teams in this round and get another win? I think Valencia might have a chance. They're not winning this one, but they might have a chance. I'm winning to Olympiacos side. They're my favorite team to watch. I think if you you are the best team on the offensive side, but in the defensive side too, you always uh, must be the favorite to win. This will be a fun t- uh, fun game to watch because they're they're the two most unselfish teams. So yeah, this might be an interesting one to to follow up. Yo, what's your thoughts and who you're picking? Uh, I'm also picking Olympiacos in this game, but I think it's going to be a very good one. Uh, we can't forget that in Greece, Valencia won that game. Uh, by one point, so I think this is going to be kind of a revenge game for Olympiacos because being the number one team as they are right now, I don't think they want to get swept by nobody. So I expect them to to send a message in this game and to dominate from start to finish. Uh, I think Valencia can can keep it somewhat close because they are also a good team. But I expect Olympiacos to to set the tone from the start. I think that if Dubovic plays. Uh, they might have a chance because Olympiacos doesn't have a response for him. So yeah, he will be the key. The final game of the round will happen in Barcelona, where the home team will welcome Monaco. This is a high-level game with direct implications at the top of the standings. Barcelona is third with a 16-8 and record, while Monaco is fourth, only one win behind. Barcelona is in the discussion for the best team and the best roster in the EuroLeague. Monaco plays a very high-level basketball, but their Achilles heel has been the def- defense. When these two teams met in Monaco, Barcelona got the win 63-69. Will they win again, Thiago? I think, yeah, Barcelona Bigs uh, might be the the difference maker here in this matchup because Monaco play with three guards, but they don't have a match for for Barcelona Bigs. Even Chanley, uh, I'm expecting a, a good game for, uh, from him. I'm looking forward to see the matchup between Satoransky and Mike James. Uh, it will be a good one uh, to watch because they're two of the they're the best point guards in the in the league. I just think this is a bad matchup for Monaco because ever since they they joined the Euro League, they they haven't been able to beat Barcelona ever. So I'm going to stick with Barcelona in this game as well. Uh, I think they have a better roster. Uh, Monaco might have a little bit more firepower with those three guards, but I think uh, Barcelona is going to be the team that wins this game. Uh, and I think it's one of the must-watch games for this round. Um, in terms of Sato versus Mike James, uh, I think Mike is going to have a, a better game just because he's the number one option, I think. In terms of putting up numbers, I think he's going to do it. 
But I think Sato is gonna is gonna have a major role in Barcelona getting this win because I think he's gonna have to control the pace and and not allow Monaco to play the style that they want, which is to try to outscore Barcelona. So I think it's gonna be a a key piece to this game, and uh, I see Barcelona winning it. We all agree that Barcelona probably will win this game. On that matchup between Sato and Mike James, do you think that uh, Sadoransky will have the defensive assignment to be on Mike James? Usually they use Sadoransky and Laprovitola, and because Laprovitola is the smaller guard, uh, I don't know if they're going to have him on Jordan Lloyd or or on the three. I don't know who's going to play at the three, but Uh, I, I I really don't know because Jordan Lloyd being there as well, maybe Satoransky matches up with him instead of Mike James, but we can possibly see him on Mike James. I think either way, yeah. uh, those guards are all going to be matched up throughout the game. Yeah, and probably they, they will be on each other at moments. And I will be curious to to see if uh, Sato's length can can slow down Mike James in in some way, although Mike James will for sure find ways to, to keep scoring and to keep producing. And speaking about Mike James and individ individual production, let's end this podcast and let's go over the MVP race. This week, EuroLeague announced who are the seven candidates to win this title. And uh, we will be discussing who would have been our top seven picks and uh, who is the 2023 EuroLeague MVP favorite. EuroLeague nominated Sasha Vzenko from Olympiakos. He has been the best player in the best team. He has a 23.5 PER. Vzenkov is averaging 18.4 points per game and 7.4 rebounds per game and not wanting to give any spoilers on what we'll be discussing he's at the moment the number one contender the other six candidates were Mike James Walter Tavares Misic Lasorts and Kostas Slokas and while we have the utmost admir admiration for Slokas and I think I can speak for the three of us uh, his role on the Olympiacos teams and the season that he's having I personally think that we all agree that he doesn't have a real case To, to become an MVP. Easy to understand that the choice went to a player that has a statistical case. He's the 10th on PER and he's playing for the best team, but uh, coming off the bench and average, averaging 11.6 points and 6.6 assists, it's very hard to see how he will become the MVP of this edition of the EuroLeague. I think that Lorenzo Brown, Clyburn and Miro, even Mirotic have better cases than uh, Slokas. But uh, we understand that uh, in Mirotic's case, he has less games played and Clyburn, he's playing for a team that is uh, struggling. So let's break this all down and uh, let's start with uh, who, which one of you caught it. We will go Diogo first, Thiago second, and uh, we will go from bottom to top. So Diogo, who are your top cuts? The guy that didn't make my list, um, I'm sure he's on most people's list, but uh, I just think that I like to base my lists on eye test and what I see them, the impact I see them having for for their teams. So I'm going to have uh, Matias Lasort missing out my list, even though he is one of the leaders in PER. But but yeah, he didn't make my list. I, I just think that in terms of stats, he, he has the numbers and he fits. But in terms of eye test, I, I just think The, the seven players I selected are, are just better than him. So he his impact on the game isn't at the level of the other seven that you that you selected. Tiago, mm -hmm. who just missed your top seven? Jonathan Motley missed my top seven. And Mirotic. Mirotic because of the health issues. 
uh, and he missed some games and mostly because he, he started real good and then he started slowing down in the last rounds. And I have a Fenerbahce player here in my top seven who impacts more the game. Both of you excluded players that uh, weren't on the um, on the top seven of the EuroLeague. And I'm assuming that both of you also agree on my assessment on Costas Locas. Yeah, I yeah. kind of agree with you. So let's start. Seven to first. Diogo, who is your number seven and why? Okay, my number seven, I have Jonathan Motley because uh, I think Fenerbahce started the season so well and even now that they are struggling, they are still a, a contender, in my eyes at least. So I think I, I had to have a, a player from their team and, and I just think Jonathan Motley, when you combine eye tests with impact and numbers, uh, I just think that He's, he's the best player from that team uh, to, to make an MVP case. So I, I have him number seven. Tiago, is your number seven the, the other Fenerbahce player you have? Hell yeah. In my, in my number seven, I have a guy who, who makes Jonathan Mosley a good player and who can provide for him. So in my top seven, uh, I have Kaleris. Nick Kaleris. Okay. What a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody why? expected that. But why do you have him? I already said it because he he came he in, on the first on the first half of the Euro League he was he was playing with such an confidence and such an high level basketball uh, he was shooting uh, he was shooting from the three point line uh, and providing for a guy like Motley. so yeah he can he, he controls the game he controls the pace of the game and the in the momentums so yeah that's why I have him on the top seven yeah but. Wouldn't Costa Slokas have a better case than him? Because Slokas is 10th on PER, Kalatas is 47, 11.6 PER, 8.8 points, and uh, 5 assists, while Slokas is 10th uh, in PER, averaging 11.6 points and 6.6 uh, assists. Why do you think that Kalatas have a better case, or it's just a matter of uh, having a Fenerbahce player uh, instead of having two no. Olympiakos players? No, it's not a matter of that. Um... You can you can note you can note the difference uh, when uh, Kaleris is off the floor and when he's on. And if Olympiakos, you can see that Olympiakos could replace a guy like Costas Lucas with Thomas Walkup. So if we if we if we can balance the roles that they have, I think that Fenerbahce without uh, Kaleris would be a worse team that. Uh, Olympiacos without Costas Lucas. Yeah, it's uh, it's about the impact that the player has on the team. Diogo, who is your number six? Uh, yeah, so my number six, uh, I really don't like this pick because I feel like that team didn't deserve uh, any players on this list because of their performance so far. <laughs> But I'm going to take Vasil Misic because even though Efes hasn't been playing up to their standards, Uh, I think he still has been one of the best players in EuroLeague and the way he leads that team uh, as far as playmaking, scoring, passing, whatever it is, uh, I think he, he is the best player on that team. So, yeah, I'm going to have him here, but reluctantly because I, I think Efesh doesn't really deserve this type of credit. Uh, I just I just had to give it to him. Yeah, for him to have a real MVP case, and I think you will agree, Efes will need to make a run and uh, not end up in uh, certainly not outside the playoffs, but to to be able to do to be close to the top half of the playoff teams. I I will assume that's the only way that Misic has a real shot to to win it. Following what Diogo said, um, I don't have 
any FS player on my top seven. Uh, I forgot to mention it. I don't have uh, Misic or or Clyburn. So in my in my top six, the the player that I have is uh, Lorenzo Brown from the Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, I like what he's been doing. Uh, it's unfortunate for him to that he missed. Uh, they was dealing with some health issues. But yeah, in my opinion, he's the best player on this team. He, he controls the pace of the game. He's one of the top three guards, in my opinion, in EuroLeague. And I, li- I really like what he's been doing. Diogo, number five. Now getting it to the top five, uh, I have a, a pick that is similar to Thiago's Nick Calares in terms of how we look at them and their impact uh, more than just the, the numbers. And uh, I have Thomas Sadoransky here, uh, mostly because to pick a Barcelona player, uh, obviously Mirotic would be the, the most obvious pick, but he missed way too many games for me to, to be able to, to select him. So I'm going to go with Sadoransky because I think he, he's the guy that, that has Barcelona rolling. Uh, the way he can control their pace, uh, their offense, I think he's just so important for them. The way he leads them uh, as a true point guard. You can clearly see the difference when he's on the floor and when he's not. So uh, when he missed those few games because of his injury, uh, you saw that they were a complete different team. So I think Sato, in terms of impact throughout the league, he's one of the most impactful players. So I'm going to have him as my number five. I agree. He's one of the most valuable players in in the EuroLeague. And that's the name of the the trophy. Tiago, who is your fifth player? Now I'm getting based on the numbers and even on the high test. uh, I'm picking Matthias Lassort from Partizan. He's been a defensive anchor for them. And he's a versatile big who who can do... Uh, a lot of stuff. He can he can provide some assists too. He can kick out for the shooters. He is one of the best rebounders in the league, and he can protect the rim. And uh, Partizan is playing with such an such a good basketball. So yeah, I have to pick him. It, in my opinion, he's not the most impactful player on their team, but he's averaging some good numbers. So I have to pick him. Lasort is also another deserving player to to be on this uh, on this conversation. But let's continue to climb our uh, boards. And who do you have in fourth place? Uh, At number four, I have a player that's already been mentioned. And uh, I have Lorenzo Brown. Uh, I think even though he missed the the last four games, uh, I think he he has easily been the Maccabi's best player this year. Um, And he is probably a top three playmaker in the whole league. So I think his impact due to his ability to control the game and his passing I think his impact is amazing for that team. And you can feel that in his absence, uh, Wade Baldwin stepped up and he played great. But they were you can see that they needed that true point guard and that leader. So I think he's one of the most impactful players in this league. So I'm going to have Lorenzo Brown. Yeah, they really missed his decision-making. And for me, in my opinion, he is the player that should be in the, the top seven for voting in place of Slokas. He is the player that has the most realistic case to for MVP from the ones that were left out. Tiago, who is your fourth player? I'm going with, with another big, Walter Tavares from Real Madrid. He's the most important player on this team uh, on the defensive side. And even in offense, he brings... He, he brings a, a lot of attention near to the rim and clears to other guys to, to shine, like guys like Musa and Mario Ezonia. 
so yeah, the numbers that he is putting on the defensive side, it's amazing. So yeah, that's why he's my, on my top four. Diogo, number three. Okay, so number three, I, I have Thiago's number four. Uh, I have Walter Tavares here. Uh, I agree with him when he says that he's the most important player for that team. Uh, he, and he's also the most consistent too. Uh, his ability to protect the rim and to, to impact that defense I think it's it's insane and they don't have anybody else that can replicate what he does. So, yeah, I got to have him. Yeah, and he has a, a very good backup on Poirier and you can still tell the difference when Walter Tavares is on the floor or is off the floor. It's really the, the way that the team plays and how comfortable they can be when they have him on the floor. It's uh, it's a massive difference, and he is for sure one of the most impactful players in the, this edition of the Euroleague. Tiago, who is your number three? And my number three, I got a Barcelona player that you already talked. I got Satoransky for the same reasons that you used. He makes others around him better. He provides for a guy like Mirotic to be even a better player. I think we will all agree that this is a two-man race. This is in reality at the moment one-man race, but I think there is only one player that might be able to take it away depending what happens in the last 10 rounds of the competition. And you guys will tell me if you agree with me or not. Diogo, who is your number two? Yeah, without knowing who who you have, uh, I think I agree with you and I think Thiago <laughs> will also agree with you. Um, my number two is Mike James. Uh, I think he's having a very good year. He's the best player on one of the best teams. I think his ability to score as a small guard is unmatched in this league. And he, he's also a very good passer and he impacts the the game for Monaco a lot. Um, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of Jordan Lloyd as well and his impact for that team. But in terms of MVP level, I think Mike James has consistently been the best player on Monaco. So, yeah, I have him number two. I agree with you. Mike James is my number two. He's the best scorer, he's the best scorer in the EuroLeague. He's such a clutch player. So, yeah, he's my number two. And in my opinion, he's a, he's a, you got a point, Andre, when you say that he's a one-man run, but in the last rounds might be a, a two-man run. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really going into that direction where the MVP will be. I think both of your number one is Vazankov, like I'm assuming so. Yeah, you are not wrong there. Uh, I clearly <laughs> have Sasha Vazankov as number one. Uh, I think what he's been doing this year is just unbelievable. Uh, his ability to to space the floor, to 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 be effective without doing too much, like. It's awesome. And the way that that team plays, they share the ball, they play defense, they are organized. I think that's a lot of credit of that is to him because when you are the best player on a team like that, the fact that he allows them to play like that, he doesn't force nothing, he doesn't try to, to do too much. I think that's very important. And he's obviously the number one pick this year. Not only for me, but I, I believe for Thiago and for you as well, Andre. Yeah, I'm picking uh, Sasha Vezinkov to be the MVP. It's playing with, uh, it's playing at a high level. It's the first option on the first team. He doesn't need the ball to affect the game. That's why I love, I love him, and that's why I love the the way that they're playing. He's such an all-around player. He provides rebounds. Is I think it's the is the number one on defensive rebounds, and even in the CC. 
he can provide a lot. So yeah, he might, he might be the, the MVP of the, of the EuroLeague. Yeah, and it's uh, great to have such uh, an unselfish MVP in a way. He he has been able to play at a very high, high level and uh, he he was able to improve his game and he's playing so well and we will leave this kind of analysis for the um, for the off season but uh, Zankov is is clearly being impressive and he's the number one contender to to MVP. But what would it need to happen for Zenkov not to win the MVP this year and for likely Mike James to win it? What we will need to see on the last 10 rounds? Uh, I mean, uh, his production would probably have to, to take a big hit and Olympiakos would have to start losing some games, uh, which I don't know if that's going to happen. So, And obviously Mike James would have to, to keep up his production or even uh, elevate it, which is hard because he has been amazing as well. But yeah, I don't think this award is gonna is gonna escape him. I, I think he's gonna get it this year. So it, it's just what it is. Like nobody nobody comes close in my opinion. I agree with you. Uh, Monaco needs to needs to win all games, and Olympiacos needs to lose all of them for for the MVP race to be closed. I don't think it, it's that dramatic. I don't think the, they need to lose all the games, but. <laughs> But I think if uh, it will take uh, Monaco to have a top two finish and uh, Mike James to to clearly overperform uh, Zankov the rest of the way for for him to have a real shot to to win this year's MVP and uh, we all agree that our clear favorite at the moment is Sasha Zankov from Olympiakos. This was another European Hoops episode. Make sure to tune in next Monday. We will recap all the action of Run 25 then, and we will bring you any news that break on the EuroLeague. Subscribe to the podcast to not miss any episodes, and follow us on Twitter at Ito's EuroLeague, where we'll bring you any news that break about the competition, our daily picks and must-watch games, injury reports, and our trades in the end of each competition day, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre, and I will be seeing you guys soon. Bye, guys. Thank you for another one. Good to be back. See you all next time. Thank you, guys. Hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, we did. So stay tuned for more.